you know, it's, it's not always about time management, it's about energy management. You never feel good about the work that you do when you're tired. Hey everyone, this is Nazar Akil from Max Pro. Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Paul. And we're Love and Pebbles. Hi, this is Lopa Vandermers from Rasa. Oh, you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening to, to the Ecom Show. Welcome to the Ecom Show, presented by Blue Tusker, the number one place to hear the inside scoop from other e-commerce experts, where they share their secrets on how they scaled their business and are now living the dream. Now, here is your host, Andrew Mass. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Ecom Show. I'm your host, as usual, Andrew Maff, and today I am joined by the amazing Warren Lee, who is overseeing many different things. Uh, Boomin, who's overseeing Glimmer and uh, was flavored uh, PB brand, right? PB Co. PB Co. and Sunga Life. There's so many different brands, and so I'm going to pretend that I know nothing at all, and I'm going <laughs> to let you... Give us a little bit of an intro here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then obviously the many different brands that you're overseeing right now. Sure. So I came into the e-commerce world after a decade of running a company doing events. Um, I saw that you were in the event space for a little bit doing some artist bookings. And if uh, for anybody who's ever lived that life um, and gotten out, it's it's really nice being on the other side. Yeah. Um, like. <laughs> Did 500 parties in 2019 and was in school um, doing the MBA program because I wanted to, a lot of people get their MBAs for a few different reasons. I got mine because I wanted to switch careers and get out. So that worked out really well because I met my business partner who was getting his MBA. He was a Navy SEAL and he started this apparel brand called Sunga Life. And we use that all through UCLA as like group projects and um, actually has our master thesis and a ton of other things. So we grew that brand through school and then upon graduation and did that for the past couple of years. And after um, a few years working with him, I wanted to try to work with marketers and other people on a higher level. So I, for the first time in over a decade, went on the job search and found Boomin through um, the CEO spoke at a conference I was at. And so we connected uh, they they joined they let me join their team, which was super exciting a few few months ago. And so now I'm working with them on Glimmer, which is a functional beauty products brand specializing in hair masks and flavored PB Co, which makes um, flavored peanut butter powders where you just take the powder, add water and then boom, you've got peanut butter. And they've got a really great model that I think a lot of e-commerce companies end up at, which is uh, they were running some brands of their own and they just get so good at the marketing side of it, which is most of the game that we're playing, that they're like, oh, we should have an agency. We should like, you know, like have clients and like do this for other people and make money. And then they started doing that and they're like, we, we should we should maybe get equity in these companies. And they're like, we should just buy companies. So they're like a little bit of a holding company. Um, a few of the brands that they own, I run two of them. And then they have a few clients as well. And, you know, have different deals in like different levels worked out with them, basically. Gotcha. So when you say you run two of them, what is your role for those two brands? For so it's flavored PV. It's fun because it's a little bit of what I've done my whole career, which is, you know, just 
solving a lot of like the entrepreneurial problems. Like I do a lot of the marketing, which is a big part, but then dabble a little bit in like the product development, dabble a little bit in like the customer service, dabble like a little bit in some of the dev stuff, but mainly like getting people on the right path for those things. Um, But the thing that I'm really focused on lately is just building new creative, getting more creative made, testing creative. Um, The more, the better, basically. Beautiful. So very much heavy on the marketing side, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's heavy on the marketing side because at the end of the day, like as long as you're not running out of stock and you have a good product, like the marketing is all that matters, right? Like Mm -hmm. you, you could even have kind of a mediocre product and, you know, still do pretty well with this if your margins are good. So you're also doing Sunga Life. What's your role there? So with Sunga Life, I've taken steps back from doing a lot of the operational stuff that I'd helped spin up. And with them, I basically just advise on like the marketing campaigns that they're running. We've hired a lot of other people to help us with like the email side, the ad side, the everything side. Um, so I just I just check in with them here and there and make sure that, you know, the wheels haven't totally fallen off. And And then like on the finance side, which is like something that I've been the finance side is something that I'm like more literate in than I think maybe some other people just like going through school and like having run a business for a long time, doing all the finances myself for the first few years. Um, I just, one of the things with single life is I make sure we're not going to like have a cash problem, you know, especially as like, it's a most, mostly a swimwear brand. So we make sure that we don't wake up in September with like, you know, too much inventory and not enough dollars. Yeah. Makes sense. So with Glimmer and Flavored BP, two very different brands, two very different companies. How are you managing going from one brand to another if the marketing strategies are obviously going to be pretty different? They are different. And there is like the thing that I've noticed lately is there's so much switching costs when it's like you're trying to be creative and like manage creative people and come up with original ideas and then also like filter through some of the best ideas that are already out there. Um, so how do I, I mean, managing them both, like I'm, I'm doing my best with it, but it's, it's hard to switch back and forth, but I'm getting better at it as, as I go along. And I try to, you know, like focus more on one, one or the other each day. Um, mm-hmm. I do a lot of time blocking, which helps like, like keep those times separate, but for the most part, it's like the the strategy at the very, very highest level is is the same in the sense where it's like, more, how many ads creatives can we be testing this week? What's working? What's not working? How can we iterate on the ones that have done well? You know, what's next? You know, maybe certain like big campaigns, like new flavors for flavored PV Co. Like, you know, those take up a lot of bandwidth, but switching back and forth, I feel like, I mean probably are used to this in ways since you've got an agency like you're switching between clients and all of a sudden you're thinking like you know like we're doing apparel and then we're doing you know cpg things and you know so you get kind of used to it i think so you mentioned time blocking which i think is a very underutilized aspect for any business owner and definitely any marketer because you kind of want to set time aside for the creative aspect, right? Because you're always looking at the data, what's working, what's not working, is everyone doing their job, that kind of stuff. But what is your process for time blocking and setting time aside for being able to get creative with everything? The 
One thing that I definitely do is I set aside time um, every week to do just original creative work on both brands, at least 90 minutes per brand per week. So that's just dedicated time where I'm not taking meetings. It's in the morning when I'm the most focused. That's like, you know, it's, it's not always about time management. It's about energy management. Like if you're a morning person and like you're your best self when it's like 7 a.m., like you know, try to like schedule the harder things to do then. And I think the creative work just really you you never feel good about the work that you do when you're tired and you're trying to make like a new creative or come up with a new copy or put together you know like a new script or whatever so i do a little bit of that but then one thing that i've been doing lately because i just have so much going on is if i'm talking with somebody i'm meeting with somebody and it's like okay i'll do that i will put it in the calendar like while we're talking usually on zoom so I can just like put it in the calendar, like immediately, even if it's like right after the meeting or later this afternoon. And then what what you'll notice when you do a lot of time blocking is certain things don't get done. That's just part of life. And you end up like dragging them to the next day or dragging them to the next week. And they like they follow you around like this, this task that like you really need to get done and it, you can never find the time. And then eventually, like, you know, you and that block of time get to hang out and meet and like finally like. <laughs> the deed and it's a beautiful thing and things get done and you move the football forward. Um, but yeah, I try to put almost everything like, like that in, in my calendar when I can, I've the, I used to do hand handwritten lists. I know a lot of people like that, but, yeah. um, I feel like the list is infinite. Whereas like my calendar is, is not. Yeah. So between these two brands, you know, you're setting time aside to be creative, but because they're two very different brands, I imagine the creativity has got a little bit different. And then, of course, I'm imagining probably the channels that they're doing the best on, at least from a digital perspective, are different. Is that correct assumption? Or is there like one specific channel where you're like, no, both brands actually do real well with X? Well, we definitely specialize in meta ads. So we're pushing on those really hard. But like the difference is like, People are searching for the search for flavored peanut butter is like not so competitive. So like we do well on Google yeah. there with Glimmer, not so much. We also do flavored PB Co on Amazon. Glimmer doesn't really belong there at this stage and m- maybe ever like beauty products on Amazon is sort of a, a, tr- a tricky spot to be depending on yeah. what it is. Um, so, yeah, and I think the... the like when I'm trying to wrap my head around like building these new like creatives and, you know, trying to get into the flow, like, you know, like I take a lot of notes into notion and, you know, I'll try to find like one or two angles to hit. Right. So with like flavored PB co it's like, are we targeting, um, you know, parents that are buying this for them, for their kids, or are we buying the, or are we targeting parents who are buying it for themselves? Right. Like, two different angles. So it's like, okay, pick one of those angles. And then, um, okay, great. So we're targeting parents who are buying it for themselves. Like, are we trying to like get them to buy it because it's like good for them and it's healthy? Or are we trying to get them to buy it because it's quick to make? Or are we trying to get them to buy it because it's like tasty? It's like, okay, well, why don't we go like tasty for this next creative? It's like, okay, cool. Parents who want something tasty. And then that's like the initial like, like a little bit of um, a little bit constraint, a little bit of constraint really helps with creativity. So like put those two constraints together and then figure out like what's your hook, you know, 
How are you going to agitate the problem? Like, what are the what are the steps that need to come together? I try not to get too far into the weeds on like, uh, like you know, what are the shots we need? Like, what should the talent look like? Like, you know, which like influencer content creator should we use this time? Like, I try to leave that up yeah. to the creative team. But trying to get the ideas together in the script, um, you know, that usually comes from me, or at least like it's directed by me for a little bit. How large is the team that you have helping you execute all this? There's a team of about 25 people plus some other vendors that, you know, like work on like different, different channels. Um, and then of course there's like, like on the Glimmer side, you know, there's manufacturers that, you know, obviously yeah. we, we, we do not own um, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Okay. What, what aspects are you keeping in house versus what you're outsourcing? The things we're keeping in house are the video editing, um, video editing. Uh, although a, a little bit of that gets outsourced when the editing team like gets overwhelmed, which happens like consistently because we make so much creative and they're they're rock stars. There's just a lot to keep up with. Um, and then we also um, we also keep in house. Uh, we have a on-staff copywriter. We have on-staff videographers, photographers, so that for some of the product shots that we need, we can just work with them directly. Um, you know, one of the one of the videographers, and he's an editor on the team. He'll actually like make recipes. He loves it. He'll make like really <laughs> cool recipes, and we'll be able to put that together. Um, we do outsource some of that too. Um, we have an in-house customer service team. Uh, I think the sort of the, the big ones, customer service team is a huge one too, because it's like, they're always communicating with us. I know a lot of other people have theirs outsourced. Um, Sunga life, our customer service team is outsourced. Um, but it's, uh, it's nice to have those people on the team full time, you know, talking with us like every day about every little thing. Yeah. You mentioned, um, Flavored uh, PB Co's got a decent search volume that they're able to get some traction out of Amazon. Are you doing anything from an omni-channel approach of, you know, kind of leveraging both platforms simultaneously, or are you kind of choosing to keep them very separate between the website and Amazon? We do keep them separate, but we're about to go do the thing where you start advertising on Google, your Amazon channel. Apparently... Mm -hmm word on the street and maybe this is an old word on the street but it's new for me um amazon likes it when you send them traffic from google so you know that's like and what's interesting is like one of the more searched one of the better search results that we get for uh flavored pb co is um uh peanut butter on amazon so like someone will search for that and then click our ads which is kind of funny um but it just goes to show like you know with amazon like yeah the biggest search engine in the world or i don't know maybe third after youtube but you know what i mean yeah so i've actually done a good amount of that kind of stuff right driving traffic mm -hmm. from off amazon to amazon there's a lot of pros and cons with it you get there is a benefit you can get the organic improvement but you also think if you're driving a ton of traffic and it's not converting as well as you'd like it actually can hurt you so you have mm -hmm. to be like kind of weary on who you're sending, what terms you're going after and make sure they're going to convert. Otherwise it makes your conversion rate fall, which actually hurts your organic ranking. So it can be very beneficial. I've seen it do great, but I've also seen it right. go the other direction, which is why um, Amazon started doing that buy with prime option that they've got now. 
uh, and yeah. start implementing that so that you're not you're not benefiting from the organic side, but you can still benefit from like using FBA and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I digress. What? <laughs> uh, so, OK, so obviously we talked about the meta side, we talked about the Amazon side. The two are very different, although I would say the two probably both benefit from like an influencer marketing side. Have you gone in that direction at all? Yeah, we do quite a bit of influencer marketing with Glimmer. That's gone super well with some of the influencers. It's gone, you know, just like everything you experiment. And, you know, like it's it's interesting to see, like it's interesting to manage those campaigns because, you know, you care a lot about your brand and you want other people to care too, um, especially when you're like writing writing big checks for, you know, just a few, few posts. Yeah. So communicating exactly what you want while still like, you know, giving an influencer like room to breathe and not being too overwhelming is, is uh, where we've landed with that. And we have found some absolute rock star influencers that we, um, that have been like a game changer for the business. Um, But the thing that I'm going to try to focus on like going forward is like, you know, let them, let them do their thing. Um, Also like really hope that Instagram actually does let us do uh, links and reels, which is a feature they're supposed to be rolling out soon. Um, would be nice. <laughs> so, but let them do their thing. But then, then in every, like in every contract going forward, what I really do need from them is like the day after results on their side, because we could give them an affiliate code or we could, um, you know, do things through like a share sell affiliate thing, whatever. But it's nice to see like how many clicks they actually got through on Instagram and then compare that with the results. And, and I think that like that alone will like, and Instagram is weird, right? Because like sometimes they'll post something and look at like a like thousands and thousands and thousands of, you know, like engagement, but sometimes we'll post something and they won't. So, you know, maybe we got unlucky, but I want to see the numbers on their side before, like we decide to work with people again, because if not, it's, you know, it's, it's hard enough to get the metrics on our side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you, it sounds like you're pretty much consistently paying influencers. You're not doing anything from like a seeding direction where you're just sending a product for free. We're trying to do a mix. So like, that's one thing that like, so that's one thing that after seeing people do this a few different ways, um, it's like, you know, there's, there's been some like, people who are influencer one of the one of the influencers we found was somebody who's just a customer and she's been amazing right um so yeah yeah it it is genuine too and i i swear it's like a like online energy thing where like if somebody genuinely loves your product and they do because they're a customer and they actually love it and they actually want to tell their audience and they actually like believe in it as much as you do like their post is just going to do better because of like the magic of like humanity or something. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I think that there's a lot of opportunities there, but it's like, if somebody tags you in a post and you look and you're like, Oh my gosh, this, this person has like a million followers. Like we should get in touch with them. Like, like that process, like, you know, that's where like the, that's where like being a good manager comes in, like building that process, like every little step, like, like we've got, um, I built out an air table with like a lot of different ways to like follow up with people and rank people and like 
you know, make sure that like conversations are being had and I can take a look and like from the top level and make sure that people that I said that we should connect with are getting connected with and, you know, just like moving forward that like kind of seeding thing. And then also like people who we think are interesting, like, you know, they're in our call it like an influencer CRM, highly recommend Airtable for this. If you want to go beyond Google Sheets, which is totally fine, but just, it's just better. Um, <laughs> it's just better it's just better i mean like once you do you use airtable much in in your life in your Mm -hmm. world yeah it's like you once you've used airtable what do you say it's basically a requirement at this point yeah i mean it's like like i've 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 done airtable for a few projects on like other things like a volunteer for um like this political org and i tried to get them to use airtable and they are using it a little bit but like someone gave me so much pushback. She's like, this would be so much better as a Google sheet. And I was like, but it wouldn't for like all these reasons. And <laughs> anyways, I digress. I Airtable's not paying me to say any of this, but like if, if people haven't spent time in Airtable, that's like the next best tool you can learn. Like um, change your life. Anyways, so um, we have like an, <laughs> we have an influencer CRM that is all in Airtable. It's nice because it's customizable. The whole team can work in it. Customer service team can work in it. Our content, um, uh, she's like our like content curator. She works with a lot of influencers. She's in it. I'm in it. Um, and then it's like, you know, like someone will like find somebody and be like, hey, like this person would be great for Glimmer. It's like, awesome. Like that's in a group chat, like on Slack. Like how do you actually like take that idea and like do something with it? So like building the process for that has been, um, has been something that I really like to see come together and it's, it's doing pretty well. And so that's the longest way possible to answer your question. Are you doing organic seeding? (laughs) Sponsored by Airtable. So all right, so you're involved in Sunga Life. You obviously are overseeing the two brands in Boomin. You've owned your own brand before. What yeah. what is it that is motivating you? Like, what is what's kind of the thing that gets you up every morning and keeps you moving? I, you know, when you end up at like parties and you don't you introduce yourself, or you know, people are like, "What do you do?" or "What do you like to do?" Depending on where you're at, like depending on how like artsy the crowd is like, you know, you give them different answers. But um, my favorite answer to some of that is like, I like to build things. Like I feel like in another life, I probably would have been an engineer um, in some ways, I guess I am, but uh, it's like, like you, getting to do this work is really interesting because you're building something like just from you, you come up with ideas and they actually, like get to be, you know, put out there in the world. And, you know, it's a game that you play where if you put it out there, like dollars come back and then jobs get made. And then people are able to do interesting things with their lives, like outside of work. And I just love like seeing stuff get built. I love seeing like processes get better. I love, um, I love seeing people like work together, like in a way that like everybody feels better about it than it was before, you know, like those things, like those things I think are more exciting than the money. The money's been great. And um, it's nice when you can get like a high ROAS on things and it's like, 
you, you feel like you're, it's, it's like when you're like doing well in the stock market or something, you're like, it's like too easy. It's just, it's just working. Like yeah. the banking account's going up. That is neat. But um, at the end of the day, like, I don't know. I think, I think almost everybody like feels a, a sense of fulfillment when they build something new in the world. Um, whether it's art, whether it's a business, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's a family, whether it's, you know, name your thing. Um, I think a lot of people like, I think that's what makes everybody tick at the end of the day. And it's important. Yeah. Beautiful. I would definitely agree with that. (laughs) Warren, thank you so much for being on the show. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, obviously really appreciate it. I'd love to give you an opportunity, let everyone know where they can find out more about you and more about everything that you got going on. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn under Warren Ryan Lee. Um, Sunga Life is Sunga Life glimmer flavored pb co on all the socials um mostly instagram and then of course all their websites too uh if uh if you use the code i know warren you get discounts so there you go nice there you go there you go listeners uh warren really appreciate it thanks so much for being on the show obviously everyone else who tuned in thank you as well Please make sure you do the usual where you rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff on whatever podcast platform you prefer, or head over to ecomshow.com to check out all of our previous episodes or to check out our 100th episode that's going to be airing live on August 30th, which is going to be super fun. Warren, I hope to see you there. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us per usual. Thank you, Warren. Thank you. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Ecom Show. Head over to ecomshow.com to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or on the Blue Tusker YouTube channel. The Ecom Show is brought to you by Blue Tusker, a full-service digital marketing company specifically for e-commerce sellers looking to accelerate their growth. Go to bluetusker.com now for more information. Make sure to tune in next week for another amazing episode of The Ecom Show.